Picture this. It's blazing hot outside and you need to head to work. You get into your car and turn on the AC to get the cold air pumping as soon as possible, but it doesn't work. Instead, blowing hot air out of your vents and directly into your face. No, your car doesn't hate you. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the air conditioning system, and there's an easy all-in-one solution that will restore your cold air in no time. There's no need to go to the shop and pay lots of money when you can save time and money recharging yourself with AC Pro Recharge Kits. AC Pro Recharge Kits make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience. And the AC Pro app offers clear, vehicle-specific instructions to help you get the job done in less than 10 minutes. So pick up an AC Pro Recharge Kit at any store selling auto products and confidently restore your car's cold air yourself today. Be a pro with AC Pro. A production of Dirty Mo Media. There he is. Come on in here, buddy. Have a seat. Hey, everybody. Glad you tuned in. It's time for another episode of the Dale Jr. Download. Mike Davis, Dale and Hart Jr. in the Bojangle Studio. We've got a great guest today. Well, how, how you doing, Red? I'm doing fine right now. This They're is every like... week, okay, bud? <laughs> Buckle in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you died on that hill. Yep. You, your career died on that hill, and you were hard-headed. You're a bigger idiot. I didn't even think about it. You thought about it and didn't ask. That makes me the bigger idiot. I think so. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's Dale Jr. back again for another episode of the Dale Jr. Download here in the Bojangle studio. And um, this is a special holiday Christmas edition of the Dale Jr. Download. And uh, we have a guest here. And as usual, our guest segment is presented to you by Ally. And uh, Ally has been giving us this great or bringing these great guest segments to us all throughout the year. And they've done it again. Uh, we're going to talk to Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin's in the studio. And uh, Denny's going to talk to us about his his year as a podcaster, man. I've been excited to to talk to you about this. Haven't really spoke to you all year about the ups and downs of Actions Detrimental, but I want to hear whether you've had fun. I had a fun year doing it. I appreciate uh, you, know, you offering uh, the opportunity for, for me to do that this year. It was a lot of fun. It cost yeah. me a little bit of money, but right. it was fine. So let's talk about it. If we didn't think that was going to happen, we were just <laughs> fooling ourselves, right? I don't right? think that – so we um, – we we met in some office uh um and we're trying to convince you of you know here's good reasons why you should do this here's why this might be fun i want to know first off i don't think any of us thought it's going to cost us any money right <laughs> thought we were gonna try to make money right but uh i want to know like and from that very first conversation where you were trying to wrap your brain around whether you really could do it you had time you didn't you know you had right. a lot of things going on did you have the time to do it um did it uh, work out the way you thought was it more or different or what you expected it was better than expected honestly from a time's perspective I mean um, I was really worried about and I asked you a ton of questions about well what how much time am I gonna really have to gonna put into this like you know uh, luckily for me you know between Jared you know following me around everywhere I go on any given race weekend a lot of times he's around me during the week even when I'm not at a track you got Travis there helping on the producing side of things. They helped me be prepared, even if I wasn't yeah. going into uh, each episode. So, you know, making sure we had shared notes. And, you know, if I asked them, hey, I, I didn't see that wreck. Like, show me the wreck. Let me see the comments, you know, and then expand upon it from there. So, honestly, from a times perspective, I think that it was better than what I expected. Um and everything I, you know, it's everything I thought it would be um, in the first year. So yeah, pretty happy with it. Did you ever have, um, did you ever have comments on your on your show um, that got a driver's attention? Yeah, I mean, I think you definitely saw it in some drivers' interviews, right? Like, I'm sure he'll say this Monday <laughs> yeah, or yeah, yeah. whatever, right? You know, so <clears throat> they're tuning in, which I mean, that's what we hoped for, right? We're, we hoped to connect to new race fans to kind of educate them on what they just saw 
or maybe what they didn't see. And then we we also wanted to expand upon the nuts and bolts of the series to the avid race fan that tunes in every week to give them an insider's perspective of, you know, what maybe the business of NASCAR, whatever it might be that, um, you know, that, that, that don't see behind the scenes. So that part of it was really fun to me. And really, um, you know, I, I feel like we connected with the people we wanted to, to, to connect to for sure. Yeah. You made a, ten, you made a choice to record at a unique part of the, you know, week, right? You know, you wanted to record immediately. So right away. When were your, what was your typical record time? Like what time of day? Uh, usually 10 AM, um, give or take a couple minutes. Uh, Monday morning? Monday morning. Yeah. yeah, that would be if we... Sometimes, though, I thought you did it right after the race, or... I did. If we got back before dark, um, we would do it. Yeah. So, it really, the race needed to be within probably an hour flight of Charlotte. Then I could come back and do it right away. Um, I actually regret not doing it more right after the race. Um, even, no matter what the time was. Because I just... That Monday morning sucks sometimes, yeah. right? So, I, I wish, you know... And, you know, as a driver, you can't sleep anyway on race night, yeah. you know, so I might as well just do it whenever. Yeah, and the thoughts of what happened and everything's fresh on your mind, your emotion about it, you know, is a little bit more uh, genuine and real. Monday, you had time to kind of think about it and get over some things. Um, you talked about how, you know, so you named this podcast Actions Detrimental. Um, Kyle Larson came up with that name, by the way. Kyle did. I mean, it's perfect. <laughs> right when when we were when when I was here and names were being discussed and there were some good ones, um, but that's perfect. Yeah, it fits right. Um, then, literally like five shows in, I mean, we just really getting our feet going, right? <laughs> getting our legs. Um, the thing at Phoenix with Chastain and and then the comments, which um, you know we, that I'll, was worth it though. Let me tell you, you know, right. because. That fifty grand, whatever it was, the points. Now the points didn't matter until they did. It turns out they didn't at the end of the day when it came down to that regular okay. season championship. But, but that ended it with me and Chastain. It, it was worth fifty grand to me to, to for it to be done. Yeah, you know, and whether it was the actions on the track, or you know, talking through a mic like to them at, yeah. at times, like it, it was worth it to me to to get that behind us. It it just been going on too long. So you didn't have a podcast in the past um, when you'd been in situations like that, right? And so how was the podcast an outlet? Or was it was an opportunity for you to kind of like just blow some steam, right? Get it off your chest. Yeah, it it was. I mean, it's it's an opportunity that otherwise I would have spouted off to the media, Mm -hmm. you know, as soon as the race is over and they're chasing me down pit lane before I hop on a golf cart and go home. So – uh, it was an outlet, and what I liked about it was, you know, it's it's what you told me it was going to be, is that you've got more time to process your thoughts. Um, you got more time to expand upon the subject that you're speaking on, so that way, you know, it doesn't get cut up in the media so much to where they grab one sentence, make a headline out of it, next thing you know, it, it looks negative until you actually, you know, how many fans really don't even click on an article they just Mm -hmm. see the headline they see the picture and they come up with a narrative right and so it really allowed me to expand upon thoughts on certain subjects so i like that did you catch yourself throughout the year in the media and go mentally maybe not outwardly saying this but like go i'm gonna save that for my show i don't i don't want that i want to make sure this narrative is correct and Mm -hmm. the way to do that is right give it keep it for my show did you find yourself sort of tagging things like that I, it was and it's you know you kind of told me that that was coming you you said that you'll notice denny you're going to start saving a little bit for the show like you're not going to just you know spill it all out there during your 20 minutes of media availability on saturday and a lot of it too allowed me time to really think about it right there would be sheer notes and then on top of that if i'm doing a media uh, availability there's no one countering or yeah, challenging what i might be mm, saying yeah. right where uh, travis or uh, uh, jared has an opportunity to to do that so i think that that sometimes stirs up some mental thoughts of like well is this the right take or not yeah i really thought jared did a great job all year i wasn't i don't know him very well yeah you uh 
you know, we were wanting you to be excited about your show. So you, you, you had some influence over what it looked like, what it was going to be like. And, um, you, you said, you know, Jared's going to be the guy. Um, and a lot of times when like a, a, a driver particularly is the host of the show, it's hard to find people that'll counter them. It's hard to find people that'll hold them accountable or say, no, that's not really how it happened, man. Or you're not really telling the whole truth. Right. And you need somebody on your show that can do that. So, I think we ought to celebrate him, man. Jared did a good job 100%. adding to the show, keeping things in line, having a great perspective, an alternative opinion, um, and and y'all did have great chemistry, man. Yeah. So, so who is Jared? How yep. did you meet him? How <laughs> did you hire him? Tell us why we should be excited about him going forward. Yeah, so Jared is he, he's a great guy first. He, he's just a, a great dude. We hired him as my uh, director of social media back in 2019 um you know we we saw kind of where nascar was going with you know promotions and we knew that you know i needed to work on you know my social and 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 you know it's one thing for one driver to do it i get it but um i really challenge rod moskowitz at pro sport management to um i want you you know listen rod i i i pay you a fee right you you manage me you you're my agent manager you negotiate deals, you go get deals, you help me build a race team, all these things, right? Um, but I, I, I feel like a service that you should provide to all the drivers is social media. And, and I think that that's a very underrated part of what we have to do. We represent a lot of companies. Um, there, you know, there's hundreds of thousands of FedEx employees or whatever it may, may be that I, I represent. So I need to make sure I'm, I'm doing that the right way and growing my fan base. He, you know, kind of changed his business model into here's the services that we're going to provide for our drivers, uh, one of them being social media. So, you know, that was something that actually was a big recruiting tool, I think, for, you know, William Byron to go over to Pro Sport is that William saw my social and was like, man, I, they do a really good job over there. And, and that it helped, you know, with that process, I think. So, um, yeah, I just it was part of Pro Sport Management's hiring to manage Denny Hamlin's social media. And, you know, when it, when people ask, like, well, how much is Jared? How much is me? You pretty much can get a good idea of who's doing what. Like, you know, if we have Molly's picks for a Super Bowl or uh, for uh, football picks, you know, Jared edits it all out. I send him a video. He edits it all up, puts it in there, and, yeah. and gets it done. So he's been my social media guy for the last four years. And I just knew that when you told me kind of, here's what you need to look for in a co-host. Um, I'm like, this guy, he, he knows just enough to be dangerous. Yeah. You know, he, he knew a little bit about NASCAR growing up. Uh, he lived, you know, basically here in kind of the Charlotte area as just a photographer. Um, and he just, he's expanded his skill set yeah. beyond, beyond doing that. And, uh, you know, I knew it was a simple ask for me to, to ask him to do it. Uh, he's, he's always right there next to me. I, I love it during driver intros or wherever we're walking out, everyone's, I mean, I honestly, I get, I hear Jared as much as I hear my name. Yeah. So I love that for him. Cause I know it embarrasses him a little bit in the moments. Um, like the Chastain comments in those moments, has he ever been like, Hey man, are you sure you, you want to say this? Like, cause there is a, you, you, you create the podcast. It's not live, right? You've got a, you've got a little time to sort of go, Hmm, do I really want to put this out there? Um, maybe I want to dial that back a little bit. Um, they they asked me. I mean, I, Travis and and Jared. Jared doesn't ask me as much. Are you sure? Um, now I do have. You know, there are some people that that would care about me getting myself in trouble listening in live um, while we're recording. Oh, really? And, yeah. So you got like a little audience sort of. A, There's to, a little zoom. Are, <laughs> there is a <laughs> audio only zoom. Who's on that? Uh. Usually Rod is okay. on there. Well, that's probably good. Yeah. 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 He, when I remember in the meeting, he was the one that was kind of most concerned. He was like, "We want to do this if it's going to make Denny more fans. <laughs> we don't want to do it if it's going to make Denny less fans." Well, he was like mega worried that you were going to get yourself in trouble. And right out of the gate, I thought, man, I was in Texas on vacation with Amy and her family when that all went down, and uh, I'm like, I really thought I was like. Denny's never podcasting again. Denny's never. <laughs> this show's over. He's gonna come in and go. Look, this was fun, but no more of this. They, 
I, I knew. I knew the risk that I was putting myself in, but um, I'm always one of those people that I, I don't know this is the right thing to think. You know, I, I'm lucky to have Rod because he is the ultimate pessimist when it comes to here's the the – you know, the absolute worst that can happen. I think of it like, <laughs> you well, need what to know really that. can happen? Yeah. Like, like, yeah, yeah. like, what What do we really got yeah. to lose here? Like, what's the absolute worst, right? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I mean, he listens in. Tyler Overstreet, he, he, he listens Tyler? in. Tyler? Yeah, he listens in as well. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Does he provide Ty- Tyler's my, Tyler's those don't know, he's my PR guy. He's the one that yeah. he'll be, you know, usually you see a, a crew walking with me. There's three people. There's Austin Payton. He's my manager, yep. my day-to-day manager. Uh, you got Jared, social media, and you got Tyler. So yeah. uh, <laughs> Jared's making sure I look good in photos. Tyler's making sure I don't f- say anything I shouldn't. Yeah. And Austin's just kind of <laughs> keeping me in a safe space there. Yeah, goodness. You know, when you got opportunities to call other on-track incidents, right, not even involving you, um, you've done – have you ever done TV? No, I mean, I I did one guest spots, right? I did one Xfinity race for Fox. I did one Xfinity race for Fox. I think it was uh, in February. Yeah. So that in that in that kind of experience, plus with the podcast, you'll have to or, you know, at times, I mean, sometimes there's just like a big story and you can't like not comment on it. Right. People are going to go, hey, you know, why are you dodging this? Right. You have to almost feel you feel almost obligated to make a comment. Um when you're finding yourself in those situations where you got to make comments or criticize or have an opinion about guys you're actually racing with, um, or friends, yeah, or friends, right? Like for example, the Larson thing, right? That went down. Um, and how were you? How did you choose to handle that on your show, right? So how do you? Are you trying to? Like you got to be honest. You got to, hey man, I I feel this way. I feel the way. I feel. I feel I'm right here. But are you also trying to figure out a way, is he listening to this show? Are you trying to use the show and your comments to sort of mend the fence? What's the deal? All the above. Yeah. All the above. I always assume that everyone I'm talking (laughs) about or talking good about (laughs) is listening. Yeah. Um, You just have to have that because, you know, honestly, I felt like my job was to, it didn't matter who it was, I, I, I tried to call a spade a spade. Yeah. And there was many times I called myself a spade. And, and said that I f***ed up when I should, you know, I made a move I, I probably shouldn't have, right? I try my best to, to see it, sub, you know, subjectively, but I also know that, um, you know, fans will see it however they want to see it. And it's not yeah. always going to align. And it's just my opinion. And I know I'm not always going to be right. That's for sure. Um, but it's just my opinion. I have this, I have this platform to give my opinion. And, and I think that, you know, a lot of the the fan uproar towards the end of the year, a lot of it was because I am opinionated. I do believe that I have more fans than I've ever had by far. It's not close. However, the counter fa- Denny Hamlin fans, the ones that don't like me at all, are louder than they've ever been. So it's just been more noise. Um, but I, I do believe that it did what we, we hoped, and that was, you know, build a platform, build a fan base, build a brand and see where this thing goes yeah i mean i think that um would you say that the podcast has been a way to kind of put you over just to, to, to the fan base grow like you say man you i think you have gained more fans i think people have gotten to know you better through the show um you can't you can't help but learn really who somebody is when they're putting themselves out there like that and people will choose to like or not like what they hear right and what they learn seems like that you've grown your fan base but you, to your point, right, you, you've also stoked the fire a little bit yeah. with some of the people that don't like you. They're still listening. I think all of those things are great, right? I feel like a lot of – so some of our drivers, I'm not going to name any names, don't want any noise, right? They don't want to get near the noise. They don't want to get the noise. They don't want to ruffle any feathers, get anybody riled up. They just want to live this sort of quiet existence and go race a car in front of, you know, be this megastar. Um, but and otherwise – that's okay. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. Um, do I think that it stunts the growth of the sport? I do. Yeah. But it but that's their individual that they're staying true it's to who they are, right? And and I believe me, I am being true to who I am. Well, see, I've all I've been this way for a long time. I know, but like, you know, you for I I'm going to compare a lot of what I saw at the end of the year 
almost like wrestling promos and things like that, right? You get out of the car after you win. I mean, you've just ran 500 laps at Bristol. You And you get out and really cut a wrestling promo, which was one of the best things that happened all year long. I mean, I know you're witty, and I know you, you're pretty good at um, comebacks and, and talking and you're You've always kind of been that guy in your inner circle you never really really been publicly like that outwardly right to the fan base or to the industry and and i don't think it was a uh not a it wasn't a bad thing it was perfect right but you jump out of that car after racing all race long and cut a wrestling promo and it was like i mean if i'm nascar i'm sitting there going holy this is the greatest thing ever right we need this this is what we need every week right a guy win a race get out and say some cool right whether he's Back, you know whether he's going at his haters or whether he's saying something you know completely positive toward his fans whatever sure. it is right you get um and so i you know i feel like that the sh- the show did the show play a role in that right to allow mm-hmm. you to sort of get more comfortable with you know in that moment right in front of thousands or millions of people watching on tv mm-hmm. right did were you more comfortable to do that because of this nor this sort of newfound ability of communication and 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 expressing yourself through your podcast yes i, I think so i mean I, I think you'll see it quite a bit during the netflix special when it comes out so that's another thing man um and I don't want to tie all this to the, we're not going to sit here and give the show, we're not going to give the podcast all of this credit. But I've talked to Netflix, Netflix people. They're, they told me that you're like the easiest guy to get a hold of, to get to, you know, everything they ask. Yes, no problem. You got it. Um, my, my rule of thumb what was this very mean? simple with them. You get everything you want, every access you want until I say no. Yeah. You know, it, you know when it comes from in the car, on the car, through the fans, into the bus, short of me going to the bathroom, that, I mean, whatever you want, you get it until I say no. Yeah. And and they never put me, in my opinion, in a place where I was uncomfortable with them. So I just gave them all the access that they needed. So I feel like, though, that you're, I don't think that you were that eager to be that way, uh, you know, a couple years ago, right? What's different? You're podcasting, Netflix show, all access, whatever y'all need. We're trying to build a sport. I know, but you're also, you're busy. You're an owner. You got a million things to do, mm-hmm. right? And now you're adding in like this. You, there are great things that are promoting you, promoting yourself and your partners. But, um, man, we're, I'm, we're just so used to drivers being very particular, selective, and you're doing everything and anything you can get your hands on. What's changed? Because, Something changed. Because what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Gibbs fires me. Okay, well, fine. I'll go drive for myself. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I just think about what is the worst that can happen but if I'm really true to th- myself. Were you that way three or four years ago, five years ago? Maybe not. Probably not publicly. Right. Right? Because I what just... What changed? I think that, you know, having the same sponsor for a really long time, kind of pushing the edge of like, what what are they okay with? And what are they not? Right? Took you that long to get there, or get the, somewhat? You're getting toward that. Well, you talked. You, 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 you said talked, it. You yeah, like, we you, talked about it. You're like you're getting. You're not near retirement. You got several yeah. years left, but you can see it, right? And you're kind of like, yeah, who <laughs> cares? Yeah, I'm just gonna do Your what I want. To do. Level goes down yeah. for sure. And I just, what is to me, what is the worst that can happen? And it's, <clears throat> and I just, yes, I'm more publicly now myself that I was in private always yes that's just that's how it's been and what i we we have found now is that the 11 car in particular i'm not going to get into specifics but we're doing as well sponsorship wise that we've been in a very very long time and a lot of them you know is was partners that came in for for a small little bit loved the experience loved who i was vocally with my podcast they the bristol stuff they loved it yeah and we're like we're in for more you know and so it's turned now into a very positive things where where brands are wanting to be associated versus you know the the counter to that is a lot of people don't say won't don't want to rock the boat because they don't want to disrupt the sponsors that they have 
you know, as far as like personal service deals and all that, it's we're, we're in a better spot than I've ever been. All right. Who at um, <clears throat> who at Gibbs is the person that say you know say there's a concern? Who who's calling you? Joe. So Joe yeah. does. All right. So I'm you know beyond past. Let's let's just get past the Chastain incident where y'all got penalized and all that. In the back half of the year, was there a moment where you felt like Joe and Gibbs uh, appreciated the value of the podcast? Yes. I think that people like Dave Alpern certainly do. I mean, they uh, certainly they listen for their own reasons each and every week. Um, but Joe, I, you know, do I think he's a podcast listener? Probably not. But he probably gets, you know, he there's a head of uh, – uh, public relations at JGR that probably fills him in yeah. each week of like, you know, is there anything we should here's be highlights? Here's anything yeah. we should be concerned about anything that, you know, a sponsor may call and ask you about X <laughs> because then he said, why? Yeah. Right. And so there was only one. And I, and I, honestly, I can't even remember what it was, but he said to me, he's like, you know, I was kind of a little bit worried when he said this, um, but the sponsors has not said anything about it. And yeah. so it's okay. What about um, when now that you've got a year under your belt in as a host of a show, what creatively has that started in your mind? Like, because you got your own race team, right? And, and you're seeing how this is a nice little tool, good little addition to be able to create content, control narrative, uh, and, you know, entertain partners and so forth. Have you started thinking about um, – how you can utilize this with your within your own you know program at 2311 i have uh certainly i think that you know there's there's certain things and trust me when like things like the negotiating committees going on with nascar mm. um and i'm saying things publicly on you know those negotiations or whatever it might be um you know there's many times where curtis will say i, I don't control denny yeah. You know, he, you know he, he, I think in a way he's, he's saying that I'm not telling him to go say anything, but I ain't stopping him either. Right. Right. So, you know, there's some important things that we need to get settled and we need to, you know, need to have better on the team ownership side. So, you know, he just kind of lets me go with that. Now there's been times where, um, I've pushed the edge a little bit with NASCAR, with the team and, you know, giving away a little bit too much information here and there, but it's, I feel like, you know, it's a line that you do learn how to walk. And, and there are times where I do pull back in the in sense of like, this boat ain't worth rocking right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just, you know, it's just, you have to do it. You have to do it live, right? You, you can't edit, you know, what you say when you're commentating a race, mm -hmm. right? It, it's, it's coming and it's coming <laughs> now. I at least have an opportunity to, you know, when I do, you know, do record, I've got a little window of about five hours to tell them to put something in or take something out. Mm -hmm. And so very rarely have we edited stuff out. Um, we've, we've pretty much kept it pretty raw. You know, I've been contacted in the past and uh, recently by some team owners about how they could use our platform to tell the ownership side of the story, right? So um, would it be fair for fans to think that maybe um, the podcast is a nice um, piece in your arsenal in I, terms? I, I would love to have Curtis come on. Yeah. And and there's been times where he's been so frustrated, he says, Let's do it. I want to come on. <laughs> Record now. Yeah. <laughs> then five hours later, he's like, take it all out. Yeah, <laughs> exactly right. So – um, you know, those who don't know, you know, Curtis Polk has been Michael Jordan's manager for gosh, decades and decades, decades. Um, so I, um, I do think that there's an opportunity there, right. Um, to, to continue to grow it. Uh, I would love to see continued growth into year two. And, um, I do think, you, just, I you, think just brainstorming with you guys on figuring out how to do that. Yeah. Right? Do you guys pay attention to viewership numbers, things like that? Do you Yes and no. I mean, not religiously. Yeah. No. Um, 
you know, I, I, I couldn't even tell you kind of how we stack up with right. other pod, other NASCAR podcasts or Motorsports podcasts, but, it, you know, it seems like it's, you know, pretty good. Yeah. Now, in the motorsports world, you're doing awesome. Um, <clears throat> and and it, it, can, it gets competitive when you start looking at the iTunes chart, you know, charts mm-hmm. and so forth. You can start getting... And it's odd, man. You'll have like one week where you thought it was just a b- normal basic show and it just does really well. Some of the stuff that so that's another thing too with with podcasting and i want to know if you feel the same way i'll come in with a note and i'm like this is gonna be they're gonna love this and it's flat it just go people hear it and and there's no reaction and then they're going bonkers over some shit i said that it didn't i didn't think meant nothing Mm -hmm. right um something i did at home or something in my everyday life um and so it's hard to know what people want to hear because yeah. you'll think you know man these things will kill this is going to be entertaining they're going to love this oh man we laughed our ass off in here for 15 minutes don't care and then there's something in the back half of the show that we didn't even think was a big deal that right. they just loved hmm. um i mean i think that one thing that i'm entertaining is you know and i maybe want to hear your opinion is like should i have more guests i i'm i just worry about my interviewing skills that that's <laughs> well, it can't what, get better if you don't try i know you know i, want, I had I william byron on that was that, was, that was fun the joe one my mom those were i i thought those were all really really good but i didn't i didn't think i did much in there i just kind of let you don't them need to go so my, the my favorite uh i think dan patrick's one of the best in the business right to interview and if you listen to him his questions are super short why'd you do that what was that for <laughs> what how come you know i mean he don't he forces the person to have to Expand tell everything, it. right? Yeah. And so, and um, yeah, one of the biggest mistakes that they'll they'll tell you when you get into broadcasting is is and interviewing is don't put the answer in your question, right? And so, um, don't try to steer somebody toward what you're trying to get out of them, uh, and because you basically give them the answer and they can just go, "Yep, that's mm-hmm. right." And so. Um, but when you're with somebody that you know, like your mother or your friends or another driver, it's just a conversation at that point. And I think everybody really enjoyed it. The people that people are the, – the, the guests that – I think you should have guests when it makes sense. And I think they should be, oh, shit, he's going to have that person on there. You know, that they should be like, you know, some guy – like, like you got to get Chase on there one day. You and mm-hmm. him had the run-in, right? Um, when I had – you know, run-ins with people, and I'd bring them into the show. I mean, of course, I waited a while. I'm not going to have them on the next week, but a year or two or three years later, people want to hear us hash that out and our, hear right. our hear us tell our versions right there in the same room. They love it. Um, so I think you know, and you've had you know, if you've had a long enough career where you've got plenty of drivers where you've had some misunderstandings with to have them come on the show and and you know especially oh, yeah. yeah almost all of them pretty just much just about all of them yeah, yeah just about all of them yeah, <laughs> yeah. i mean I, one thing have you talked let me ask you this intros drivers intros or when y'all are, you know when the drivers are together is any of them ever 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 y'all ever joke or laugh about being on like hey man y'all uh, not really really no Surprised. not really um i mean we'll talk at times people will say yeah you're right bringing up this point like they, we got to fix this or that or whatever yeah. and i'm like all right well you tell them too yeah. you know it, it, people just hear from me are you me. surprised too that they're they're listening to your show um am i surprised no because i mean honestly drivers my, don't if listen. one of my competitors had a podcast i would listen you would absolutely golly absolutely because i want to hear their perspective yeah. i yeah. i generally care about yeah. what their perspective is and what how did they see the race go down? Is yeah. it what I thought? You know, I just, I, I am. All right, curious. let me ask you this. So you say you listen to Joey Logano's podcast. He does a little show, right? Yeah. So say you listen Which to Which I, I, you know, I, do I turn it on? No, but I, I do listen to let the me highlights. Say, yeah, you yeah. listen, say you listen to the show and you like strongly disagree with something he said. Are you going to go on your show and go, I heard Joey say this? Absolutely. I did it all year. I, all year when drivers yeah. made certain <clears throat> comments on a show or through the media, I would expand upon it all year long. Really? That. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but again, it's just an opinion. It's not all fact. It's just yeah, yeah. how I see I things. Know. Right. Yeah. And one thing that I was actually worried about too, when it comes to, 
actually asking, I, you know, I fear rejection a little bit, is that are they going to – is the PR team going to let them come on my show? Oh, because you think you're going to get your feelings hurt if they say no? <laughs> you feel rejection? Denny <laughs> Hamlin does not fear rejection. I Not in that kind of way. <laughs> not in that kind of way. What I'm saying is that, you know, what no, kind of way? Hendrick Motorsports said no. It, that, what? That, 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 you know, they're worried kind of, I'm going to yeah. send you down a rabbit kind hole of and get you in trouble. What kind of way does Denny Hamlin fear I, rejection? I thought. <laughs> from the organizations? <laughs> just <laughs> just from Rick organ Yeah. <laughs> Which is why I'm surprised <laughs> William Byron. Are you thinking... I want to ask the driver. The driver's probably fine, but his race team might say no because they think I'm going to get him in trouble. Yes. That. That. Hmm. Yeah. Man. I ain't worried about the drivers. I'm worried about their team. But then I would just have – A bunch of stiff necks. I know. know. That's what I would do. I'd go on my show and say, what a bunch of stiff necks. I asked them to come on. The team wouldn't let him. <laughs> That'd burn them, man. They would, they'd have to rethink their whole PR, right? Ah, like, you're a good point. Like that's not, a good we're point. We're not letting the drivers – I know. This is good. We're working <clears throat> stuff out. Do the same. I mean, it might burn a bridge, but <laughs> I don't know. Dale, I don't think I'm really too concerned about that. I know, yeah. <laughs> right. So, um, who is is there a guest that you would like to have on? Like, Chastain. Pick one. Ross, right? And you've yeah. asked him. I have not. Well, you should. I know. I will. I, I mean, will. I you and him communicate. Yeah. You got his number. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. What's the last time, what's the last thing y'all have texted about? Oh man, the last time we texted, well, there was clearly an incident. Oh, yeah. I mean, I thought you and him were good. I know, but that's how long. That's how long it's been since we've texted. We've talked in person since then. We've, okay. You know, just like what? Small talk. You know. Okay. Okay. He's standing right there. Yeah. I'm standing hey. right there. And did y'all ever? You can't ignore each yeah. other. You gotta just. Hey, how's it going? Yep. How's it going? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and good. so that's good. Now how's your car? Car's good. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're that happens, and you're like, we're good. We're good. Okay. You walk away from that no, going. You I, walk away from that going. I think we're good. I think we're. I think. I think in my mind we're good based off of what happens on the racetrack. Oh, the the driving around each other is different. Mm -hmm. And so, so I've asked Ross to come on the show. He will. Sometimes he has to. You know, he gets the you know watermelon farming, and he can't. You know, he has to change a schedule around or something. But he's pretty easy. And I think. Are you like? So, you should – that should be your finale of season two. So, you got to start big and you got to end big. And you got to have something good. Well, in I was thinking starting with Chastain. Well, you could, but then how are you Because gonna, by the end of next year – You're going to have another Chastain to invite oh, on? Oh, I'm, I'm sure I'll get in. You'll have another driver? <laughs> for sure. So, you got to start with a big guest. You got to end with a big guest. And then there's the summer lull that you got to be careful of. You got to have some – some fun things happen in, in the summer months. For whatever reason, I don't know why people kind of mellow out. Because we don't have an in-season bracket. I've been – We did. I, I'm, you I came know. up with one. Seventy-some thousand people filled out a bracket. Yeah. You came up with that. Yes, who, who came up with that? I did. Just sitting but in it came by from, yourself? It came from 15 years ago, DirecTV had an in-season bracket. Nobody ever knew really? about it. Yeah. Why didn't they know about it? It paid a hundred thousand dollars because it, they gave me a hundred thousand dollars. You won it? Yes. But you won the bracket? Yes. Not oh, this the driver. Year. The driver got a hundred grand. Yes. When did this happen? Was I in this? Back in like two thousand ten ish. I wasn't good enough. Yeah, Directv had had a bracket. Yeah, they would mention it sometimes me. on TV. I'd never heard of it. But like, someone needs to look at the in-season tournament for the NBA yeah. and what it has done for their this is the dog days of NBA where no one really cares and yeah. like you just when it's 80 some games it's like man what's the difference in Thursday night or Saturday night right sure. they made it matter yeah. in the middle of the season so I, I just you know I, listen I had talks with, with NASCAR after they saw how many people participated in this bracket, that this bracket so, challenge. So, you came up with the bracket bracket challenge, right? We, it was kind of a podcast social media thing. Mm -hmm. um, how many people signed up? 79,000 79,000 something. 79, something. Yeah. So, and that's, by the way, it only came through the Dirty Mo Media channels. I know it, yeah. Period. And we had some rickety old website. Yeah. Because uh, we didn't think 79,000 people were going to sign up. 
and uh, you couldn't search your. It was tough. You couldn't. You couldn't really. Didn't really know how well you did unless you were in the right. first page. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Hopefully. So um, anyhow, you came up with this based off of that direct TV thing. And yes. who did you tell about this? Let's 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 re- rechart our steps. Yeah, here. yeah. The, I mean, I think it's important for our sport, and I I I stand by. They need to take this. And I told they, them, and, and because they said, listen, we're afraid we're going to get left at the doorstep here if you keep going with this, and we're not a part of it. Well, why don't they want to be a part of it? It costs them money. They like to spend money. Look at Chicago Road Course. This, you're preaching to the choir here. I agree with you, but I think it should pay $3 million to the winner. Oh, that's a lot of money. $7.7 billion. Okay. Really? All right. So what do you think it's going to return an audience that will make the next TV deal? Okay, let's say they do it for the next seven years and it costs them $3 million. That's $21 million. Okay? You don't think it will bump up the TV ratings through those summer months enough to up the average of viewers to then get a return on that $21 million? I think it would be worth it. 100%. $3 to the winner and nothing else? I don't know. Sure. Listen, yeah. I, call it you know Schema- whatever you want to do. Schematic. Two or three yeah. million for the winner. You know, you make it past a certain round, yep. you start getting paid. Yep. It's fifty grand, yeah. uh, then a hundred grand if you make it to the semis. Blah 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 blah. I told you how we did it. We you we, would give it to NASCAR, hundred percent. Why? Because it'd be good for the sport, and I'll get a return down the road. Win. How? My race team would would get you know the return would be you know we're sharing in revenue. TV revenue, we'll just get a share of this, that, and the other. That, that'll you. be more for the sponsors to talk about. So when TV, it brings narratives and subjects to talk about. Hey, holy shit, look at this battle for 17th. That may not be important, but in this bracket it is. Yeah. And look how hard they're racing for 17th. Yeah. The back end half of the field races harder than any <laughs> any other part of the field. No doubt. Every single race. Um, <clears throat> so if it doesn't, if NASCAR doesn't take ownership, we just can keep doing it. Uh, we're gonna do it ourselves then. Doing it ourselves. Yep, I like it. So that that's a great way to segue into sports books. North Carolina is opening up sports books, or opening up the ability yep. to be able to gamble legally. Um, what are you? What are your thoughts on that? Are you thinking, um, you know, that that's going to have a heavy impact on on our sport? Uh, what? How do you think that that affects us? I think it will have a good impact on the sport. A heavy impact is a stretch for now. People don't play, people don't gamble much on racing, and they don't really play a ton of fantasy. So I kind of connect the two, right? Gambling on something, you do it because it's fun. Winning and losing, losing sucks, winning's fun. Playing fantasy sports, same sort of thing. And you can win money doing that. But when I look at, you know, NASCAR, their fantasy platform ain't terrible. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of potential there. I've played a lot of fantasy NASCAR over the over the last several years through NBC, and it's fun. But uh, it hasn't really taken off. Okay. So, and I feel like that that's sort of very similar to the temperature people are around gambling on racing, right? Okay. Well, turn on to ESPN right now, and there's a show talking about which fantasy players you should be picking up right yes. now, or which spread you should be betting on, mm-hmm. there's there's none of that in NASCAR. That's right. Unless you wa- tune into Dirty Modo, yep. which I tune into just because I want to know which guys are really strong at this racetrack. Because <laughs> when I'm doing homework yeah. of, like, you know, who do I need to be checking out on SMT or whatever, like, there's you can start to draw consistencies of, like, these guys, they've done the work, right? Yeah. But, again, that's through Dirty Mo's media. And so there's just not enough information for our casual fan to make an educated bet. Yeah. So until we have more fantasy or betting shows in NASCAR, TV needs to be one of them. You got to have a half hour designated somewhere in there. Every other sport has some sort of fantasy or betting show to at least give the people. I mean, you might as well just play roulette and red or black if, if, if you don't know what you're doing, right? Yeah. So people who are in sports betting like to have an edge, and their edge is having some sort of, you know what? Inside that guy's his, that yeah. guy's history is good. Yeah. And here's what you—he may have finished 26 last year, but 
there's a little asterisk on that. Now, there's some people on social media that try to help the, the casual better, and you can go find their handles, but it's it's just not enough. That's why there's not enough momentum in, of, of sports. There's just you got to create some shows, and NASCAR has got this new uh, production studio that they're opening up. I I think a, a, some sort of fantasy or betting show needs to be part of their priority. 100%. I agree with that. Um, all right, man. Well, uh, that was a uh, – I feel pretty good. You're happy doing podcasts, right? Feel pretty mm -hmm. good about that. Mm -hmm. Going into next year, standing on the gas. Action is detrimental, full steam ahead, right? Yep. Um, anything uh, you're going to just keep it status quo? Anything new? Anything, add any components? Yeah, I mean, I think that the guest thing would be the one thing that I think, you know, even if it's once a month. The, the would, first show of yeah. every month, we just say we're going to have a guest. And we start lining them up um, because I think that it really would be helpful for me at times to have another competitor there yeah. with a very fresh mind of what just happened to kind of get some dialogue going yeah. to see like where where should I be going with this show and what should I be expanding on how much you know I also want to know you know. I'd love to know the general fan base that listens to Actions Detrimental. What do you want to hear more of the basics? Like I started doing it towards the end of the year, NASCAR 101. When I knew I was starting to get off the rails a little bit and get too technical, I would break it down into okay, here's why I'm here's the elementary here, what I want what I'm talking about here. Do I need to do more of the the basics of NASCAR? Because there's been very you know people that I met over the last year that. Hey, I tuned into your show for the first time. They're not avid NASCAR fans. They're like, I really like the NASCAR 101 because, you know, I, I heard them say this on TV. I had no idea what they're talking about. And so I think our sport is at times very hard to figure out if you're a casual. Mm -hmm. And so I'm trying to educate that new fan a little bit. And so do I need to keep expanding upon that or do I, do I continue to make it kind of more technical and, you know, talk about the driving stuff? Yeah. I think um, I think you do a good job. There's times when um, you know, as a car owner, you got an opinion about what NASCAR needs to be doing, and when you give <clears throat> a valid reason that kind of sometimes does get into the grass, it's it's really helpful not to look at you as an opportunist. You know, when it comes to you know, as a car owner, right? We all got to look out for each other. We're trying to get ourselves in the best position we can but when you give me a good reason why you need something or want something to happen it's hard to argue that mm -hmm. um <clears throat> so um i want to ask you just a couple things before you let, I, I let you go thank you for coming today um busy time of the year everybody's scrambling trying to get everything i done. got a lot of shit on my hands yeah i bet literally so, I can... you ever try to wipe your ass with the other hand <laughs> what the hell <laughs> i'm serious that's why I'm, i shaved my head people he I has can't the reason why he's talking about this is because he had a shoulder surgery. So, I mean, that just came out of nowhere. I just want people to know that you're just not that's, we're not just going to spring you into a conversation. You said literally, and I said, yeah, because yeah. I I mean, you, yeah. you'll you bust through the toilet paper pretty quick. You wipe for yeah. the other hand. I'm pretty much good at one, wiping with one hand. The other hand, I don't even try. Well, you ought to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just – I realized for a while there, um, it was like during the banquet, I – I couldn't raise my right hand, so you know that's of course my dominant hand. And I'm trying to d fix my hair, so you just and next thing you know, off. everything's backwards, yep. and I'm like, so you just buzzed it I off said, for the time being. It's got to go. What the hell? You did. It's got to go. Yeah. Uh, listen, I'm not all Britney Spears right now. I'm just I I got, hey. I got a bad <laughs> I got a bad hand. I got a bad wing. All right. So is it still bad? Is it still bad? I don't know how long does it take. It's bad. I don't it, know how evasive the surgery it was. It was bad. It was yeah. much worse than what they anticipated right. once they got in there. Okay. So three months. Yeah. I got three months before I can really do much. But, uh, yeah, I just – What uh, are you doing to get your shoulder tore up? Um, well, I, I had an incident. Um, so I had a bone spur. That was That's a, that's a yeah. genetic hereditary thing. A lot of drivers had it. I mean, three drivers had – we all had our right shoulders worked on me, Reddick, and Chase. Reddick too, huh? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was right after me, um, and so <laughs> I was. I was out. I was still out, but evidently he was. When he started coming to, he started cussing out the doctors and all kinds of stuff. It was pretty funny. <laughs> but his. Uh, so we went in for the same thing basically, which is a bone spur. But I knew that I. I knew that I had. 
done it uh, the Thursday before the Vegas race. Um, I had a sports incident and I ended up popping two tendons in the right shoulder on top of the bone spur. And then once I started, kept, kept driving on the last five races, it just, it was destroying yeah. uh, some stuff in there. There's some rotator cuff that had to get repaired as well. So went from a three week recovery to now three months. So Damn, three months. So when will you be a hundred percent? When do you hope you'll be a hundred percent? Man, I you honestly, have a date? I, I'm not going to be a hundred percent for a while, probably late February, early March, yeah. but I don't think anything can be as bad as what the end of the season was gotcha um i i mean i couldn't there was two there was a two race stint where i i mean i couldn't hit switches on the dash i couldn't change the brake bias if i had to there's there's just no way i couldn't reach it uh, i couldn't get my right shoulder up and um so i just really struggled the last you know five races i had to go from a you know a guy that always kind of guided with the right hand and i would see my right hand and that's how it to being a, just a left hand pull driver and mm-hmm. so i you know i couldn't run my cars as loose because i i just couldn't correct and it was uh it was a challenge so i'll start the year not 100 percent, but definitely better than what i ended last year there was a test at phoenix to try to improve uh the short track package or learn more um i've not heard a bunch about that uh it's been kind of quiet mm-hmm. you as a car owner um i'm sure you're in the conversations about what's going on there what do you think they learned at the test what did they not get accomplished i hadn't heard much either i mean i actually was thinking on the way here that uh to to get the guys at uh, 2311 to and jgr to send me all the summary from from the test i did look at all the drivers that did make comments i i looked at what they had to say uh there's also a driver text in which they were commenting uh kind of live as they were making changes mm-hmm. it didn't seem like there was you know big game changers um Again, most of them felt like tires were the biggest changes that they made. Really? Yeah. I mean, there was, you know, that new up-down splitter they said was maybe marginally right. bit, you know, better. I'm surprised that the these components aren't making a bigger difference in the racetrack. Because they, they tried a bunch of stuff at Richmond, and they're like, hey, I, can't, I couldn't tell what you put on there. If you didn't tell me, I wouldn't know. Dale, why are we trying to fix aero at f***ing Martinsville? We're running 65 miles an hour run the f-ing fender and the front bumper knocked <laughs> off of it it doesn't it, it's just not going to drive different yeah arrow is not the answer on the short tracks and All i right. know we're we keep beating this dead horse but it's just arrow is not the answer it's a, it's a grip to horsepower ratio that we have tightened up over over the last 10 years really we yeah. you know we used to be 900 and some horsepower and tires used to fall off a bunch and now the tires don't fall off and you got less horsepower so it doesn't wear it out we have less downforce than we ever had so less downforce equals less tire wear. So as they continue to keep taking downforce off, you've got to move the tire with it to make it, I mean, beyond soft. I mean, I'm talking about gumball soft. Hell, the rain tires lasted 25 laps they were awesome. on a dry track. Yeah. And it was awesome because the minute somebody wore a tire down to be bald, their lap times was awful and they'd start to drop, right? Yeah. So how can we get our tires to actually wear uh, will we'll be the game changer because Obviously, they're they're not going to go back to horsepower. Yeah, I thought they talked about like everything was on the table. They made a comment. Everything but horsepower. <clears throat> they yeah, they, they just refu- they will not do it. Oh. And and I can tell you as an engine, I can tell you as a team owner, our engine bills when they was seven hundred or eight hundred horsepower versus right now is no different. So I don't understand why going back and taking a, a fifty cent piece of aluminum that is a tapered spacer and opening that thing back up to seven fifty. I can't make sense of why we're not doing it because the engine builders, Doug Yates came on, says we can change that next week. The components ain't really going to change that much. We're, we're going to get the same durability out of it. There's, there's just something going on where they will not do it. And, and I hate the excuse of, well, new manufacturers that like until someone knocks on my door and says, we're coming in. All right. We'll only come in if it's this. Yeah, that's fine. Everyone, hey, can everyone buy in? We have a new manufacturer coming. We're going to reduce horsepower to six fifty. Yeah. Until that day comes, make your product that you've got now better. Yeah. The um, there was a moment where they were going to change the transaxle to uh, to try to figure out how to get rid of the shifting, and then they decided can't not do that either. They decided not to do it. You can't. Look, can I 
tell you they why. were going to do it at the test, and I uh, heard that they 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 scratched it off of the list because it was going to take too long for all of the teams to make the adjustment to make the change, and it was like it was on this list. Am I wrong? It was. I I didn't know they and then aborted it, it. Aborted. Yeah, they didn't try it. You just get me fired up, and you get me went upset. all the way to Phoenix. I'm getting upset. <laughs> went all the way to Phoenix, and this like took it off the list. Uh, I know. No, 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 no. Well, listen, I applaud the effort to try to get the shifting out because I think the shifting is a bad thing. Right. I, I, it's a bad thing because oval track racing is momentum based. When someone misses the center of the corner, or you can roll a little better, you gain that speed all the way down the straightaway. When you shift, you can miss a corner grab a gear and you've regained your momentum. That's, that's bad. Mm. However, when I looked at like what NASCAR was proposing for getting rid, rid of shifting at Martinsville, we're like, that ain't going to work. Our minimum RPM is going to be like 5,000. We are going to mat it and our car will be so stuck because we have no horsepower. Again, another thing that horsepower would help is that now we could run 5,000 RPMs, but since we have, cause we have a hundred more horsepower, now we will start to buzz the tires, but you can't, they pushed the maximum RPM, you know, back in your day, not to age you too much. I mean, I know we're close, but you know, we were running 90, 200. They pushed that top end down to like 8,800 or 8,700 now. Like, so what's that, what that has done is that if that's our max that we can run at the end of the straightaway, if we go to no shifting, we're now going to be running so low RPM through the center that it's just going to be. Uh, slot cars yeah. it, it won't it's not going to work we actually need the shifting to you know get the tires to wear because i mean we will literally mat it we nearly mat it right now at martinsville off the corner for the entire run you can't because because the top end rpm is so limited that the bottom end is way too low and our cars have no horsepower so it's going to have terrible torque and It'll be worse for racing yeah. um, until they, they fix it. Goodyear brought that tire to Martinsville. I thought that tire looked better. And I'm telling I you, did. from the booth, man, yeah. it rubbered the track in. Yeah. Awesome. Rubber stacking up on the track. Cars are having to start to move around and straddle and do things to get around the corner. And it, it Yes, I agree with like, you. It looked like what a better, I, what I, was counter, more, I was more entertained. Agree. We did move around. <clears throat> but once that track, once the pores filled up with rubber, the, the tire stopped wearing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why you saw people with, I mean, Eric Almarola and others, and there was many other, yeah. stayed on fucking 60 lap tires and used to be, you would, I mean, yeah. throw an anchor. I, I want to race in Martinsville there in 2010, where I restarted ninth with six to go and won the race yeah. because tires meant that much. But, you know, and the reason we want tires to mean something is because it creates comers and goers. Um, when the race cars are all the same now, like they are. Yeah. The drivers, so tire, the drivers share data, everything. Everything is so similar. You're going to get similar lap times, and that's why the field is – there is more parity. But, golly, once we all get going in that train, we're all running the same speed. So that tire – You see it in the monitors. Yeah, that tire they put on the car at Martinsville had more rubber. And it, it did. It created more temperature, but yes. it was the same compound, so it still didn't wear more. It's got to wear out. <clears throat> Gosh, we got to get to a tire that gets – it wears. Yeah. Um, and it wears after tracks are rubbered up, not just when the track is green. Every tire will wear when the track is green. Yeah. And that's the problem we have with tire tests is we don't have enough cars to really build in, cover up those pores because that's when we really see what tire wear we got. Yeah. Well, man, I'm a, we could talk all day. Um, thanks for coming today. I was really curious to talk to you about your, your experience as a podcaster, and I'm glad that um, you've enjoyed it because I think it's a – hell of an asset for the sport it's a great service for the sport to hear from the drivers from themselves and th- i think hopefully it's encouraging to other drivers as well to start thinking about how to do this um and um but anyways man thank you hope you're having a, a great off season i know that you're dealing with the uh the shoulder thing but hopefully everything's going well and you get your christmas shopping done for your girls and have your great uh holiday christmas holiday and happy new year Thanks. I appreciate y'all and appreciate you for giving me the opportunity. It's this is I certainly was apprehensive to start, but I, I really enjoyed this journey of you know starting this podcast and obviously doing it for multiple reasons. Some of them selfishly and some of them is to help this sport continue to grow and and um, and give ourselves and our and our fans some more content. So uh, proud to do it. 
and uh, next year is going to be a fun one. Awesome. Well, thank you, man. Denny Hamlin on the Dale Jr. Download. Man, I'm really excited to have Ally help us bring the guest segment every week. It's one of my favorite parts of the download. We get to talk to so many different people in racing, outside of racing. But everybody that comes in here, I want them to have had a good time. I want them to want to come back. I want them to feel like an ally to Dirty Mo Media. Thank you, Ally, for your continued support of the download and the entire Dirty Mo Media team. Check out Dirty Mo Media. Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram.